It's time for the film crickets with Jay Fortier and Chris Martineau. Hey, friends, this is Jay Fortier. I'm along with my good friend, yeah, Steve Lavoy. I should probably say my last <laughs> name, right? <laughs> but here's the funny part like, a lot of people, if they've listened to the show before, they're expecting to hear, and Chris Martineau. Yeah. Well, yeah. Uh, Chris couldn't make it today. Chris, uh, Steve was actually going to be the guest anyway, but Chris couldn't make it. And Steve and I have done many radio shows together uh, throughout the years. So I was like, well, we're going to press on so we don't lose next week's show. So, yeah, Steve, welcome, my man. You know, it's funny you say that because this morning I was thinking about how many years we've known each other, and, it, and it's, it's close to 25 years now that we've known each other so it's crazy it's crazy time flies yeah it's weird i recently discovered my wife and i dating included had been together 22 years recently i want to say last year or the year before i don't know i can't i'm not doing the math right now and what's weird is i met her when i was 22 wow wow so i want you to put that in perspective because you go holy crap We've now been together the entire length of time that I lived prior to meeting you. <laughs> it's messed no, up. I, uh, it's just a weird thought. Well, it's, it's funny you say that because the first time I met you, uh, we, you were doing radio. We, we met in college and, and uh, you were on the air and then you'd, you'd come off the air. I was getting a tour of the studio and you said, hey, yeah. Hey, by the way, if you're ever here and, and someone calls for Jay Fortier, that's me. I'm like, oh, I, I, I always thought the, the name you're using on the radio was your real name. So it's kind of that was the first thing you said to me when I met you. So it's kind of fun. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. And it was it, and it was about your wife now at the time it was your girlfriend. And he's and you were like, yeah, if, if she ever calls and, and says this name, it's me. It's not the wrong number. So yeah, it was it was kind of fun. That was the right. first time I met you on the radio back in college. They would recommend you make a radio name. I guess, you know, if local people like become obsessed, yeah. <laughs> they're like, oh, you know, they want to call you with the podcast. I just feel like going to the real aspect and saying, you know, it's Jay Fortier. Yeah. I went by Jay Johnson when I was on the radio. Well, Oh, but by the way, my brother still calls you Jay Johnson. So he goes, hey, how's Jay Johnson doing? You know, it's just funny. It's just, it's just how he knows you. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I went That's by the funny. name, uh, I went by the name Rock Boy and uh, which was, you know, I, I always liked it. And, and I actually, I used to, it used to rhyme with my last name. It's how I started. And we kind of shortened it after a while. It was the Rock Boy Lavoy, but then mm-hmm. went, went to be Rock Boy. And I, I thought, well, no one uses that. But then as the internet came around, Oh my God, that is such a popular name to use. And I had no clue when I, when I used it, it was totally innocent. I guess there's a rapper or something that goes by rock boy. And it's a, it's, it's pretty big in the rap world and stuff. And I, I never even knew that when I, when I picked it. That's funny. It's just the idea that you're very much into rock and roll. I, I gave you the option to choose a movie and we had a couple of choices and we ended up picking Footloose for this week's show. And uh, it's a 1984 Kevin Bacon classic, which is great. I love this movie. I've seen it many, many times throughout my life. I, I have to say, you know, I was listening to your show, the, the last one you did, by the way, it was just so cool to hear his voice. I, I was, it was, it really was a lot of fun to hear Bill Keeler. And, and, uh, but when I, when he was on the podcast, one thing he said was that he was talking about how he kind of loses track during movies like he kind of uh your mind will wander so to do a random film i don't know if i'm the best mm-hmm. at doing movies i'm all i've always been a, a music guy but i but i figured you know i picked footloose mm-hmm. because i'm okay following the movie you know for the most part yeah it's funny because you, you you would always like yeah oh, you've seen this film and i'm like uh nope never saw that one. Oh, okay but you thought you saw this movie remember this i'm like nope never saw that movie either so you're like man 
you watch <laughs> movies at all? And, and and I've been more of a music guy, even though I say I'm a music guy, nowhere near the music knowledge that you are. So you you actually you're good on both well, ends. Yeah. Attention deficit <laughs> disorder. Not but not with movies. Not with uh, I mean a side effect of uh, ADD is also hyper focus in certain areas. So so yes, uh, I will have like when it comes to shit like history class, <laughs> look up at the ceiling, you know, and count those holes. No, not really. I wasn't doing that, but it's just more like paying attention to last night's sitcom and stuff like that. Cheers is replaying in my head because <laughs> that's a lot more fun than learning about X equals Y minus six. I don't think I told you yet. So uh, I have a, I actually have a better game for you. Sure. Um, we'll do it a little bit different. So care. what I, what I have is a, uh, I have a hundred songs from 1984. Wow, all right. I'm going to give you four minutes, and we'll see if you can nail all of them in four minutes. So basically, I would give you the song. You give me the artist. All right. You already know the year. Sounds great. So I, I, I think it's, it's a little over two seconds a song. No problem. All right. I, we'll set a timer, and I, I, I thought that'd be a lot of fun. All right, brother. <laughs> I think you can do it. It's I think you can do it. I'll, I'll come close, yeah. So I, I don't think we mentioned it. So real quick, if I do sound so, familiar to the show. Yes, we did not. Did you want it? Did you want to make that oh, announcement? Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, you so, want to make it? Oh, okay. Steve, he is the guy that you hear at the beginning uh, that announces that it's Chris and I uh, doing the film crickets, and also in the middle when he says final judge, final judgment. Yeah. So, yeah, and, and we thank you. I, I always, if nothing else, I make sure that you have credit on every episode in uh, writing. Uh, you know, at the end, vocal imaging by Steve Lavoie. So, thank you, my man. No, it's a lot of fun. I'm, I'm, I'm happy to do it, and uh, it, it's pretty cool. You know, it, it was cool to play a part in the show. I know what, how excited you were when you, when you started in the summer, and I said, ah, absolutely, anything, anything you need, just let me know, and it, it's fun to play that part so it's unfortunate because I, I know you know chris as well it's too bad he couldn't be here but uh um and i'm i'm very excited to announce that we had kind of released like three episodes at first on youtube um i almost don't count that it was more like it's like trying it was trial by fire basically figuring it all out as we go once we got onto podbean and actual podcast platforms you know it counts how many and total downloads are just as of yesterday just reached over a thousand since October. So uh, I, I'm 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 proud of that. That's awesome. I, I didn't. Wow, that's really really good. That's yeah. no. I mean, you guys have a great show, and uh, it's a lot of fun to listen to. And it's really an honor to even be a guest on the show. Yeah, it was a little. A, you know, I'm like, ah, oh, it's too bad Chris wasn't going to be on, especially for. A movie like Footloose, it's always, I, I always wonder how would Chris, I mean, I know how you are with yeah. it and I'm like, cause we're, we're, yeah, we've talked about it, but yeah, I have a feeling he would have been tortured <laughs> a little bit. Yeah. Would you, would you think, well, would you think this is on almost like Top Gun ish? Uh, maybe not is as that, bad, but like, um, I think he would find it cheesy at times and, 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 and have trouble getting over that little hill. <laughs> well, well, I, it's funny you say that because, you know, reading the reviews, which is what I I did also to read the see what other people thought back in 1984. And and and, and a lot of a lot the word cheesy came up quite a bit on, on the film. Mm -hmm. Well, I don't think so. But let's get rolling on this uh, story. Yeah, here. Let's do it. All right. So if you if you've been living under a rock and you have no idea what the movie Footloose is all about, a guy named Ren McCormick moves to a place in Beaumont, Texas from Chicago with his mother and he's about 17 years old he's a, a high school senior and he's a fish out of water 100 he's like kind of a city boy and everyone else is ultra small town and here's the thing he discovers once he gets to town that dancing is illegal 
Yeah, I mean, so so the, it's directed by Herbert Ross, and and the interesting thing. So we, you mentioned Ren McCormick; he's kind of the main character in, in in this movie, and and actually he that the role was actually going to be played by uh, Tom Cruise, and they and they actually thought about Rob Lowe. So Tom Cruise was filming all the right moves; he wasn't available, but they they liked the the, the underwear dancing that he did in Risky Business. They said, well, maybe he's good for the for that uh, for that role. Rob Lowe actually tried out three times and he actually had an injury. So he couldn't take he couldn't take the role and they, they ended up going with Kevin Bacon to play Ren McCormick. Now, history, uh, hindsight being 2020, I just want to thank everybody for not having those others be there. And I love those other two as actors. OK, I like Rob Lowe's great. Yeah, he probably would have been fine. But I think. You know, I, I, Kevin was phenomenal in this. He was great. Yeah, he was really good. Did some of the dancing, but uh, he also had dance doubles. I don't think he said like four dance doubles doing some of his dances. Definitely the gymnast stuff. He was uh, was a double for sure. So just to set the, the kind of the stage, the beginning obviously is always the most important, sometimes uh, part of a movie. They really give you that old countryside feel it, you start the movie it's a countryside but you hear the preacher in the background and mm-hmm. they and they quickly move you into this church mm-hmm. and the preacher is giving a message about rock and roll and porn and, and how it's it's just the destruction of it and he's and he's just telling these people that he is there for their salvation he's trying to help them go the right way so that they can get to heaven pretty much he strongly feels that he is the one to, to really watch over all his people in the church. And it seems like the church is packed, probably the most popular church in town. So he has a he has a real big role that he's playing in his town, this reverend. And he kind of controls a lot of things. Right. And then but you see him meet Ren outside because it's families. He's a married preacher. You know, he's got his he's got a daughter. They introduce the daughter and she says, you know, I, I'm going to head out with my friends. We're going to go to the this uh diner and we're gonna he's like okay well not too late type of thing and you see them take off and you could tell it's almost like thank god i'm free well, which is a typical preacher daughter uh stereotype uh if you will like, uh, i need to get away from daddy and prove i am not preacher's daughter well that's that and it's true and the first time that we see her her name is ariel in the film and the first time you see her she's in the church while he's lecturing and she's painting her nails She's mm-hmm. not paying attention right. to what he's saying. So right off the bat, they're showing you kind of her rebellion, if if you right. will, uh, to to her dad. Yeah, and then you see them driving down the street uh, with her friends, and her boyfriend pulls up with Sammy Hagar blasting in the background. And what's the song that Sammy Hagar? The girl gets around. Well, there you go. So, so I mean, again, not by mistake, we're really painting this picture that she's a rebellious teenager. And then worse, though, he pulls up next to her. It's a two-lane road. They're driving side by side. She decides, I want to get out and get into his truck while we're driving. Yeah. So she actually starts to climb out. He's like, yeah, come on over. Yeah, he's wild. And next thing you know, she's standing with her feet on both vehicles driving down the street and at first he's laughing and then all of a sudden they look up there's a tractor trailer truck coming their way and she's you could tell the fact that she doesn't even seem scared that this thing could kill everybody and it's a huge sign on how much she's feeling self-destructive going past the point of trying to prove i'm not the preacher's daughter there's like there's something got to be wrong with her if she's not frightened by the fact that a tractor trailer truck but 
I do want to add this one last part. That tractor trailer truck had tons of time to slow the fuck down when he saw two vehicles, like probably a mile and a half coming right, towards right. him. He could have stopped like pretty straight road too. I mean, it's pretty flat where, where it is. So he could probably see for miles. It's not like they were coming around a corner or anything. Right. So it's it's one of those moments like, yeah, intense when you're watching it. But it's like, you know, this guy also had a hundred years to, to stop. Yeah. He pulls her into the truck last second before they veer off and they end up down at the diner. By the way, sun just set. They just got out of church. Uh, as soon as they get to the yeah. diner, pitch black. You're right. And it's one of those things about movies. Sometimes they don't think about stuff like that. You would you would think that it was your typical 10 o'clock a.m. service. But, but the whole scene, really, they did a good job of showing you that she is not innocent. And they go right from there, like you said, right into that drive-in, which is kind of like the Arnold's of mm -hmm. their town. And what do they do? They grab the boombox. Mm -hmm. Put it on the hood of the truck. The Footloose soundtrack cassette, as we know it, goes right. into the boombox. They start playing, oh, what's the song? Dancing in the Sheets. So again, she's not supposed to be listening to rock and roll. And none of them are. So now not only are, is she dancing, but everyone else can hear the radio. They're all dancing. There's people playing a, an arcade game and they're and they're dancing. The, the cook in the back is dancing. Everyone is dancing. It's like uh, the forbidden thing to do. They're now mm. all doing what they're forbidden to do. Well, yeah. And you hear that. I mean, it's fun music. You, you feel great when you hear it. So, I mean, I can't blame anybody. So everybody's jamming around and, and yeah. the father shows up and just hits the eject button and everything stops like you know you i think you even hear a pac-man go wee, 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 wee. <laughs> right and yeah. everybody knows who just stopped it he's the guy right now the, so they know like uh oh the guy in charge the one that we didn't want to hear this heard it and stopped it on us i gotta give him credit it, what's really awesome about this moment is that he doesn't yell he looks at her you could tell he's shocked but he goes your mother didn't think you had any money with you. And he gives her some money and just walks away. And so he could have been an ultimate douchebag and started like yelling at her and go, how dare you? It had enough power that the fact that he shut the, the music off and ejected it, but then didn't berate her in front of everybody. Well, the, the funny thing though, is that even though she was shocked and you could tell she, she was, she didn't, she didn't know what to say, I, but, but still there was like this, uh, she still was not as, um, worried about it as the other people. The other people are, I think were more in shock where she's kind of like, ah, oh, that's my dad, whatever. Obviously. Cause she's the one that's, that's still trying to outprove him, you know, that he's, he's going overboard with some of those rules. The next day you see Ren is going to school in uh, one of your favorite types of vehicles. I'll tell you something. My favorite part of the whole movie, and it always has been, even before I even owned one, when he's cruising in in the classic VW Beetle and he's got Quiet Riot cranked and he's getting steer downs like, but to me, that was high school. How many times did you pull into school cranking something on the radio or a good song? That was high school. That, that moment was a cool moment. Yeah. So he gets there and he bumps into this guy, Willard, played by Chris pen and they have like a little bit of a basically a confrontation for a couple seconds but then Ren makes a joke and then Willard picks up on this guy's actually kind of cool and you see them a little later hanging out together in the lunchroom he's, he's talking about how he's about to hook up with this one girl in a car which is really awkward when you're watching this with your daughter but then right away he admitted to joking about that yeah. whole scene like you know about, about the girl he's like nah but we did dance man we danced our asses off and then they go 
they get lured over to the table that Ariel and Sarah, Je- Sarah Jessica Parker is at. I can't think of her name and I don't care. Anyway, Sarah Jessica Parker is there and they lure them over to the table and, the, and they say, yeah, there's none of that here. Uh, dancing. You can't dance. But they're like, it's illegal. And they, and they tell them her, her name. Yeah, it was Sarah Jessica Parker was rusty. But yeah, and they tell them that it's okay. been about five years uh, that it's been illegal for about five years. So so it's not like they didn't know what it was or, you know, have, have never yeah. experienced it. They It was just taken away from them. Welcome to Beaumont. And, and by the way, they are staying with their aunt and uncle. And the uncle, in my opinion, is a mega douche. Well, he he drinks the Kool Aid. I mean, you know, when when you when you think about it, he he goes with whatever the church says. He he has he right. has no opinion but theirs. He doesn't have his own opinion right. on anything. And the saddest part, though, he'll put that life in front of family. Like meaning, like I know Ren's my family, but I'm gonna care more about Reverend Moore. Exactly. Yeah. He really got under my skin. Uh, couldn't stand him, but. You're not supposed to. You're not supposed to like them. So I mean, like they did their job. <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I, don't, I don't. It wasn't. It wasn't a, a, a flaw on on the actor. I think the actor played the part oh, no, exactly no. how he was supposed to. And it's funny because you know it's, it is a few scenes from where we're talking right now. But it's just you. You also realize that this guy knows everything that's going on. Something happened at school. He knew about it. So they're all in the know. Like there's no secrets that can be held. Basically, everyone acts like little birds. You you trip over something in the morning. Uh, you know the whole town knows about it so well we go from that we start getting to the, the i think another great scene in the movie is is when they're uh they're cruising down the street in the car and uh well actually i think before that happens uh he meets her boyfriend he almost hits her in the parking lot ariel's boyfriend chuck who's a asshole he, he yeah. basically says hey where's your necktie because he, he wore a necktie earlier in the day i heard only pansies wore neckties and he goes yeah yeah I heard only assholes use the word pansy and he takes off. Chris Penn is like, either you got giant coconut balls or you know. <laughs> <laughs> You're just plain stupid. Yeah. Don't insult that guy. He'll kick your ass. Uh, and it's and it's not so just then, him, obviously. It's, it's a bunch of, it, he hangs out with this crew that kind of stick together. So it's kind of like a, oh, I got it, like a mini yeah. gang, if you will. Well, I mean, think about it. All douches stick together. I mean, like, you know what I mean? Like, usually if the guy's, if somebody's an asshole in your school, eh, chances are his friends are all douchebags too. They kind of all like each other. It's just a weird magnetic thing that happens. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's true. Then it's the best part of them. One of the best part of them. Driving down the street. Street, pops in his tape and he starts cranking it. it it's, it's just so funny because they start talking about music group. So first off, Willard was surprised that he had a, a cassette player, right? I, I don't think he's like, wow, you've got a cassette player in your car. Like it, that was like a big, mm. I guess, you know, probably unheard of over there. And again, for a community that kind of outlawed music or rock and roll music, there probably wasn't a big need to have uh, sophisticated sound systems or, or media players in their car. So so all they would do is probably listen to the radio. Now, that's probably about it. Hmm. That's what I'm getting out of it. I'm not sure. But but obviously, Willard doesn't really know music because when he starts testing hmm. him on different bands, Willard really seems like he's kind of out of touch with rock or, or, or popular music. What about the police? What about them? You heard them? No, but I've seen them. What, in concert? No, behind you. What? Oh, shit. So, uh, yeah. And then so he gets in trouble with the cops. 
it's basically he can't seem to do any good. They don't like foreigners, obviously. And I, and I mean, foreigner, not like from a different country. But the one thing the cops right away pick up on the fact that he has Illinois plates. So it seems like they really are a community that kind of likes their own people like it mm-hmm. they kind of right. seem like it, it's hard to to break the barrier into this community if you're not from it you don't know you don't understand you know ren the whole time does not feel comfortable in this town at all you can tell he just doesn't like it like i mean but any, he ends up any getting team. a job though because one guy who's really cool takes a chance on him you know he's obviously a really cool guy and supports him from time to time throughout the film so basically ariel tries to talk to her dad a few times you can tell that he just doesn't make a lot of time for her uh you know he he's Mm -hmm. busy typing and you can get that you get that sense that she tries to talk to him a little bit but you know he's busy trying to save the townspeople from going to hell i mean that is his mission that you know he, he feels that every part of his day he has to help those people so that they to keep them from sin so they'll have uh, salvation and he even kind of says stuff like that by the way uh, john lithgow in case anybody's not sure yeah, john lithgow is the guy playing reverend moore pulls it off brilliantly great actor right there when he's talking to her you, you can tell he's not a bad person when he's talking to his daughter it's just that he's not fully present either i think what it is too is that he he feels at that point that you know he's almost failed with her but he has a whole town of people that he has to save their salvation so he he just kind of ignores the fact that he's he's failing with one so that he can hopefully save many and i it's almost like he has that attitude um but yeah Yeah. no he doesn't seem like a bad guy. I think his heart is in the right place. But like like many people, sometimes they just they just don't have it or they don't get it or or they just they're, because they're going down this one road and they're saying this one thing, they're not looking at the big picture. And I and I think uh, he finally does in the end of the movie. He finally sees the big picture. But during this film, for, he's kind of narrow minded in, in a lot of areas. It's like you don't hate him. No, you're against what he's thinking. Uh, you know, so you're you're resenting a lot of, of his his thoughts and you wish he'd pick up on it and finally does later. So so the movie really keeps reminding us that we're in kind of a small town and it keeps reminding us that uh, sh- that she's the daughter of the pastor. And then there is a there's a sex scene in the woods with her and her boyfriend, Chuck. And she mentions the fact that he's the son of the fire chief. So you really get this real towny feel that that they, you know, Ren is from from a different area, but but these two are they're towny. She doesn't want to be, but she is a townie. This is this is who they are. Um, both of their parents are high profile in the town, so you know it's not shocking that that this is kind of going on the way it is. The fact that he insulted Chuck earlier, Ariel's boyfriend, he basically sends her to issue a challenge that meet him on his property tomorrow and find out what's in store for you because you insulted him, you know, type of thing. Ren and his friends show up and you got also Chuck and his friends and Ariel, who is basically hanging out with Chuck. Well, but it's almost like the winner of this challenge gets the girl. Like she's almost the prize because it, it all it all changes after this. Yeah, though, that's unspoken. Yes. Uh, so basically he's standing there going uh, chicken race with tractors you know so they, they're basically having to get on this, this these two tractors aim towards each other and see who goes off the road you know which by the way there's like a creek right next to the road you know the little path so uh whoever ends up they could end up dead 
or they can yeah. end up in the thing. It, it, basically, he gets an instruction on how to how to run the thing from Willard, and it's it's the funniest thing because he's like, okay, shift it in high. Uh, now, what you want to do is this, and then do this, and that, <laughs> and the other, and it's like, oh my god, you just gave me twelve hundred different things. Oh, it's it's all it's outstanding, very very well done by two different people are giving him instructions too. By the way, the funny thing is, is that he ends up winning, but not because he would have won because he his shoelace gets stuck on the pedal and he can't jump out of the tractor and chuck right. goes what the hell is with this guy he, he can't believe that he's, no, he's still comes from- so yeah he's not so even chuck who's the big bully tough guy he bails and right. uh, and it's just really funny how it happened because it wasn't supposed right. to happen that way and the song was holding out for a hero yeah yeah absolutely made made big big back then and then obviously came back around and during the shrek years great 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 song i think many other times in in just uh films when something's about to happen or even tv like you know the, you'll hear that it, commercials it's it's a it's to this day you hear it. You think it's the uh, one of the biggest songs on the soundtrack, or do you, you, you think Footloose is bigger? Uh, no, no, no. Well, I know uh, Footloose and um, Let's Hear It for the Boy went number one. Um, okay, I don't know about that one though. Uh, but no, no, I'm just saying it gets gets utilized uh, throughout years just for fun. Like like the like the song the best uh, from the Karate Kid. Yeah, you you hear that from time to time, like in commercials or you're the best. All right, you know, like yeah, well, know it, it's nothing like so, a good soundtrack. Yeah. Oh, this was a big man. I owned the soundtrack three years prior. Like I, I owned the soundtrack like three years prior before seeing the film. So yeah, it was big. MTV was huge back then. Yeah, that was a big thing. Movies would use music videos to sell the film. Footloose was huge, most likely because of the the main video. Flashdance did that for Maniac and the What a Feeling song. Ghostbusters, you know, obviously was going to be a big movie anyway, but it made it bigger with that song and the video. How about Purple Rain? Purple Rain was enormous. Uh, yeah. Videos and and stuff like you know just. It's it's like they went hand in hand. Uh, yeah, so you know we go into the next uh, some next scene where he's mad. He leaves the house. He goes to this warehouse. And and if you were lo- if you are watching Footloose for the dancing, the probably the best scene is this one where he's in the warehouse and that's mm-hmm. where he's by himself. He's been drinking, smoking, uh, slams the the cassette tape into his into his car radio, and he, and this is where he does the most kind of dancing and the flips and everything else. And and he doesn't realize that Ariel is there and she's watching him. She's impressed, and then she goes on to show him like an old rail car that doesn't move. It's a, a railroad station or a mill with a railroad next to it. And, uh, and and she shows him that they, I don't even think they could have yearbooks or something. So they called it the yearbook and everyone would write song lyrics and, and things onto this rail car. And poems and whatever. Yeah. Like So they just kept like, uh, you know, their own little place that would be away from prying eyes. The, the train starts to show up as, as they're talking. And here's another moment where she decides to show how self-destructive she is like so it's a basic it's you know it's enormous cry for help she jumps in front of the train it's not right in front of them yeah. yet, but it's coming down the track and she's just standing there with her hand out and she starts to scream like and he's like wait get away get away what are you doing what are you doing he jumps and tackles her and gets her out of the way just in time but so you got to sit there and wonder if she would have stayed if he didn't do that you know what i mean that type of thing because no because you never see her flinch you know what i, I think i think it's it's like two things like she she's still trying to be her 
her own person. And she's testing to see how much he's going to, if he wow. really likes her probably, Holy and shit. how much that's he's going a, to get involved. a hell of a gamble. She's got some some hidden issues. Yeah, but I, I think it's just it's just how she is. She she tests to see who who really wants her. And and at the same time, she's just showing them that she's not Miss right. Goody Two Shoes. And, and, and that's probably if you are a minister's kid or a pastor's kid, it's probably a tough because people what amongst your friends yeah. probably think that, Oh, there's the person that never does anything bad. And you know, it's probably a hard line, you know, oh, preacher's daughter. The, the best when you say that is that when she wants him to kiss her, what does he say? Well, you always, I have a feeling you've been kissed a lot and I'd suffer by comparison, which oof, I don't know, man, you just basically yeah. almost called her a slut. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. I'm surprised that she didn't get turned off and say, I'm out of here. I don't want to be called a slut from this guy. <laughs> you know, but the, yeah. yeah, I mean, it was, it was like, it's an awkward yeah, thing. I would, like, I very, I'm very uncomfortable uh, when he says it. it. Willard is the one that, that puts it in his head. I think she's been kissed a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Ran gets in trouble for taking Ariel home that night. Uh, she's late. He ends up getting kicked off the gymnastics team. He's like, hey, you know, everybody's like, you know, going nuts. Nobody likes me. And then he's talking to Willard while they're washing the car. And he goes, you know what it is, partner? You got an attitude problem. Oh, I got an attitude yes. problem? And I'm not the only one who's noticed it, Ran. I mean, we're not living in the goddamn Middle Ages here. We got TV. We got Family Feud. We're not stuck in Leave it to Beaverland here. Yeah, well, I haven't noticed a wet t-shirt contest in town yet. Yeah, well, I haven't either. But I'm waiting, patiently. <laughs> I'll tell you what I like to do, man. I like to glue a Playboy centerfold inside every one of Reverend Moore's hymnals. Yeah, you know what else we could do? We could, we could start one of your nightclubs right there in the church, huh? <laughs> hey, that's it. That's it, man. What? What's a dance? What? A dance? We could have a dance. You know a dance? You know dance? Hey, you know what I mean? Dance. Hey, Rob, hey, friend, come on, dance. Dance. You're gonna get me angry, man. We're gonna turn this town upside down. Stop it. You know, like he just has this moment, like where it dawns on him, like you know that one little jokey line made him say, "All right, you know that's a that's a great idea. Like you know, this is our way of regaining some control." Yeah. So, I mean, and then the other thing, what he, what he does is he says, you know what, let's go over, over town lines or county lines and, and let's go to a club. And he wants mm -hmm. to show them what a dance is like, because a lot of them really probably haven't been dancing. So th this is the part of the movie where if you, if you watch the reviews about the 2011 Footloose, some of the people like that one better because they, they go to the fact that Ariel had a brother and the pastor had a son that died and they, they blame it on drinking and, and had, they had an accident. Now you don't find this out till about halfway through the Footloose 84 movie. And some people were, were criticizing that saying they should have brought that up sooner. And they and I guess they did. In well, they the mentioned it, film. but they didn't so. mention the specifics. They mentioned a bunch of kids got killed in a car wreck and that's when everybody went nuts, but they didn't say what. You know, they revealed it later. In 84 or? You, in 84, you hear Willard say, it started when a bunch of kids got killed in the car wreck. But then a little later, oh, okay. they get to the oh, specifics okay. of that. They don't say it's Ariel's. You find out actually at the end of the night when they go out to uh, the bar. Like they go out to that bar to dance. They have fun dancing. Willard can't dance. He admits he can't dance. And basically, you know, he sees Rusty dancing with 
a bunch of people like she was an older guy. dude when the guy yep. comes around the corner with the beer gut uh to dance with her i'm telling you he must look like he's like like in his mid-40s and she's in high school <laughs> it's right an up. awkward scene yeah you you go whoa yeah absolutely he's a regular well, yeah. this guy's got the big yeah. old beer belly and uh, chris <laughs> penn uh willard walks over he goes hey you know uh, she came here with me doesn't look like you're leaving with her and it's just funny referring to this fact that he's got this giant belly he goes when was the last time you saw your dick partner <laughs> And then the, then the guy punches him in the face. You know, the, the funniest thing, though, is that when you go to this bar and you, and you watch it, you, you would assume it's more you would think that it's like a country bar that you'd see line dancing. It's like Footloose just doesn't fit. Well, like, actually, it's weird. Song, I mean, I mean, watching it today, the maybe Footloose not then. Playing. Uh, oh, it does. It, it does one point. Right. You're right. You're right. It does. But it's hurt so good at first. Then it's uh, waiting for a girl like you. Oh, yeah. Then Footloose. It, it does pick up. You're right. It does play. You know, so they start dancing. Um, it's just it. You know what it is? I think it's not necessarily meant to be portrayed as a country bar, even though it looks like everybody's got cowboy hats and stuff, because everybody's country in this world. I think what it was was just we're playing fun music. I, and and by the way, they had no choice but yeah. to play fun music that was speaking to the kids of 1984 that are sitting in the movie theater. If they had played stuff that meant to be an urban cowboy, mm, wouldn't go over as well. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like kids wouldn't relate. Uh, you no, know that no, section no. when they go to the country bar and they play nothing but country music? Yeah, I didn't care. They would be bored. So, like, I'm, I, I think it still fit nicely. But they're driving on the way home over the bridge, and they discover that that happens to be the area where Ariel's brother, that person, got killed five years ago. And that's when everybody went nuts. The town went nuts and basically banned music, banned drinking, banned everything. You know, you, you're you're not going to be corrupted. So, and music and dancing is is like the the gateway. The funny thing is, is you don't really get the sense that she blames rock and roll for the death oh, no. of her brother. Obviously, the father does. He thinks it's all morality corruption. So, like. It's it's all like all big one ball of bad. That's what I think that's the problem. Yeah. yeah he just lumps it all in. Yeah. Here's the part of the, the movie that, that comes in after that. It, I'm going to this is where I'm going to put my my hypocrite uh, hat on. We see the shower scene. Mm. What is up with all the bare ass? Like, <laughs> I, I'm not sure. So she like, obviously, if there were chicks back then, it would be like, yeah, this is awesome. But they're all dudes. And and that's not like we you, we've watched a lot of movies. They don't usually show shower scenes with Man. all males. That was like a weird, weird scene. I'm sure the I'm sure the girls liked it. But uh, it was, it's funny, you know. I have watched this with my daughter. She goes, ah, <laughs> like when that scene comes up. It's so funny, uh, like shocked by it. I guess you know, foots weren't the only thing loose right. in that well, part. Yeah. But besides that, it is actually a, a funny moment because Willard admits uh, he starts. I can't think of the guy's name, and it's okay. Well, another friend that's hanging out with the two of them and she he's like yeah he can't tell yeah. his dance from a dipstick but this is coming from a guy who just admitted he can't dance like a minute ago was that was that woody i think uh, i think yeah he goes oh really what's your left you can't tell your left foot from your right foot catching him in the lie so basically that's where ren says okay if we're gonna have this dance you're going to learn. The deal was that he goes, if I'm going to go in front of council and try and get this this prom or this dance, you're going to dance at the prom. Now you got the musical montage of Let's Hear It For The Boy when he's training how to dance. And by the way, his parents look like they're 90. Yeah, yeah, they do. That's right. No, you know, you're, no, you're right. Because he's, yeah, he's dancing on the ceiling. The whole ceiling's vibrating. And they look up and it's like, no, you're right. You're absolutely, that doesn't match. Well, it doesn't match the, the age of Ren's mother. 
Not not even close. It's just very funny. Yeah. But it's a very fun thing. And the actor couldn't dance. Uh, so like, this is like the only thing he did, you know, when he did that little routine where he's dancing at the end of the song and uh, Kevin Bacon's clapping and stuff like that. That's like basically the only type of dancing he's ever learned in his entire life. Yeah, it, that was it was a fun it was a fun scene. And then after that goes to a scene that really hit me, I think, now more than it would have watching it before. And, and that's the, the scene where all the parents are burning the book. And obviously with what's going on in the news and people that are, are disagreeing with certain things nowadays and some people just will do stuff without going through certain avenues of, of getting things done. And so so basically they took it upon themselves to say, no, nope, these books are, are sat- satanic. They are. They represent the devil. And in even the pastor goes to the, to the library where they're burning the books in a barrel and says, no, 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 no. This is not how you it's not about what you think that, you know, you can't just go and grab anything and rip it down. And, I, and it just reminded me of what we're going through with cancel culture and and some people that just want to erase things. And, and they don't go through proper channels. They just they just do it. And and even the pastor was like, no, no, that's that's not what you do. That's not how it's done. That what's so great about that moment? Because he says, you know, Satan's not in these books. He's in here. He's in your heart. And he's like, you know, you can't just think that everything's got to go. And as he's as he's saying all these things, Ariel is there looking at him. It's starting to dawn on him. He's starting to catch on. I'm not living my own truth. I'm not listening to myself if I am against the dance i'm a hypocrite if i if i'm saying this to my congregation and not well he's also not getting support he's not getting support from his wife because he you know during that whole time she's kind of questioning him and going hey what are you doing here you know and so she's not she's definitely not on board with the way he's right. been acting well, either so he doesn't have really a lot of support from which her is good because she she has her own brain not just sitting there i'm a preacher's wife <laughs> you know like i'm falling in line right right which you kind of thought so right. at first it, it, it had that appearance yeah, at she, first, and then you definitely see that yeah. she's not. And she even said, I've seen you raise this church up higher than heaven, but it's the one-on-one where you need a lot of work. Watching it now, I, I, I think I, I would feel different about that than watching it in 1984, just because of all the recent events in the news. So that's one thing where you can take an old movie, and it changes depending on where you are in your life, maybe in your personal or what's going on around you or what's in the news or whatever, where it has a different meaning and you see it a little differently. And that one hit me a little bit different than it would have years ago. Also, in order for Ariel to go to the dance with Ren, so in order for her to break free of Chuck, she has to basically tell him, you know, I don't want to be with you anymore. And because she wants to be with Ren full time. And you know it's not going to be an easy scene. You knew you already right, knew that. Boy. He's not going to accept this oh, easily. But then it's really hard to watch. Um I actually fast forwarded it today because my yeah. son uh, came around the corner. And I was like, I'm not going to have him watch this. He's fo- he's just turned six. <laughs> I was like, I'm not going to have him watch a guy beating up a girl. Uh, and I've already seen the uh, episode. Right. I've seen the movie a ton of times. I don't need to see it again right now at that particular point. After he slaps her, she starts beating on his um, headlights and stuff. And so he, then he hits her harder, which is awful. It's a really brutal scene to watch. But then what's really cool is that 
you know, it's over. He leaves, takes off. Not really cool. I'm talking about what's cool is a, in another minute. She calls Ren. He comes over. She's, you could tell she's okay. You know, she's shaken up and she's, and she's hurt, but she's not hospital bound. And, you know, she hands him a music box and, and says, this is for taking on my dad. And he's like, whoa, I'm not, you know, against you. I'm uh, against your father. Now, was that, was that like her heart? I mean, was that like supposed to be the music box is like he, he's trying, she's trying to give him her heart. Is that I mean, is that what that, because then the, the, the song was almost right. paradise. Yeah, it, uh, or, or blends into great moment I gotta say because they, they don't play the full song at this time they, they sort of blend it in which is awesome yeah it's symbolic yeah I would say so um, yeah absolutely so basically he goes to the town council he's about to go to the town council and the funniest thing is that she gives him some ammo she goes here this is for tonight and she gives him a bible and he looks inside at a specific passage that she's highlighted and he goes Hey, where'd you get this? And she's like, are you kidding me? Or how'd you, how'd you know how to get this? Yeah, right, like, right, right. Know, I was raised by a preacher. So he goes to the town council and says, hey, uh, we got to, uh, I really want to take care of this. And they're basically saying, no, nope. five seconds after he said, you know, asks. The pastor is, is a council member. So, so we see him again in a leadership role with a lot of authority. Right. But the coolest part is, is everybody's about to run him out. But the wife of the pastor says, I think he deserves a chance to speak. He puts a, you know, puts his case out there. Even brings up the fact that it's in the Bible that that we can dance. We can uh, the people have danced for celebration, and it's very it's it's a comedic moment and a very uh, moving moment at the same time. When he's done talking about it, they don't show anything happening. You just see him walk away. But like you, he's probably going back to his seat. You don't know if he left the meeting, but you just see him walk. And the right. next day, you see the guy he works for who says. You know, you were a dead man last night before you knew it, right? That the reverend already had the votes in his pocket. But you can have the dance like right over across these tracks in another town. You know, it's just over the line. So it's not that it'll still be like having it in town. They decide to go check that out. I mean, he was also bullied during that time. It wasn't, you know, there were people that really were trying to stop him from even going to the council meeting. They threw a brick through the oh, yeah. through the glass window at the uncle's house. Oh, yeah. and, and, and the brick said burn in hell. And and they they were really trying to intimidate him from even speaking about this right. prom. No, I know it was uh, so. I mean, it wasn't like it just it was an easy thing to do. It was very difficult. But they decide to get the place across the railroad tracks, and he actually takes the time to go and ask the reverend if he can take Ariel to the prom. And he doesn't really you don't hear him say anything, but you see him. You know, they they have that moment, and he. He, sh he shows some warmth towards him. He says, thank you, Ren. And you don't get to find out until they go to church the next Sunday and you see him struggle. And he talks about how I make my mistakes with this town. You know, it's almost like a new parent makes mistakes. Yeah. You know, but if you never let your kids go a little, how can they learn? So he says, let's let's pray for, you know, they're going to have their dance. Yeah. So why don't you join me in prayer? And so as the moment he's saying that, they're all starting to get excited because that, that's like the vote of approval. And they, you know, the song I'm Free starts up by Kenny Loggins. Yeah. And then they head over and start decorating. Well, you know, it's like the compromise. He didn't he didn't sit there and go, you know, screw them and let them burn in hell. He's saying, you know what, they're going to do this and let's let's stand behind them and let's wish them well. And, and 
And I, and I thought that was a cool sure moment was. where where he's, uh, you know, he's still he's still not saying go and do it. But he's saying, hey, if you're going to go and do it, we're going to we're going to pray that that everything works out. Yeah. And that was pretty cool. That was a cool moment in the movie, I think. He picks up Ariel for the dance, which is great. And it's a great moment. He brings her to the car. He wants to open it for her like a gentleman, but he forgot it locked. So he goes around, unlocks it and he goes, whoa, 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 whoa. Then he opens it yeah. for her. She gets in and he kicks it shut. <laughs> kicks it shut. I thought thought the same thing. I'm like, why is he kicking it shut? That it's like, you know, here it is. So this nice moment where he's being a gentleman and then it's like, yeah, you're in the you're in the car now. All right. So, you know, slam. it could be a moment where it, like we don't know that it's just real hard to shut unless you slam it shut. So like, but he kicks it shut and it's just so hysterical. You could see her like j- jolt sideways very funny they make it down to the dance they're actually in there and it's so funny because what it is is even though yes the town has danced a lot they don't know what to do here they're almost like seventh graders at their first dance ever who just sit around on the walls everybody like just sitting there not knowing what to do until he finally shows up to to dance uh with ariel slow dance but it's true i mean It's like they forgot how to have fun, and you look, and even one guy's picking his nose, on, and they they zoom in on that, yeah, and it's like he wipes it on they his just own pants. they just it, yeah, it just you know what they were painting this this picture of awkwardness, and I think that's what they wanted you to see that these kids feel out of place, they feel awkward, mm. and 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 it, and it was very an awkward kind of moment when they were all just standing around, not knowing what to. They're all dressed like a dance but they didn't know what the hell to do right and then uh rusty and willard show up and chuck is waiting for them they start beating the shit out of uh willard and you think it's gonna be over which is it still shouldn't have uh, ended the you know in a good way because there's five of them (laughs) and really uh ren mccormick comes around the corner and says, oh, it's, it's re- real easy when it's five to one. And he starts kicking the, sh- you know, the, the, the two of them start beating the and shot. And Ren's not a big dude. Right. And, he's a, and Ren's not a big dude. And these, these other guys are pretty big. Like, it was, that was kind of an odd fight. Somebody else should have joined it to make it more realistic. Anyways, it ends up walk, walking away with it. The two of them have the rest of them on the ground. Which, you know, I, I don't know. Five against two. <laughs> I don't know. Having trouble with that one. But anyways. He comes in and he goes, all right, let's dance. I heard this was a party. And they start flipping out and Footloose comes on. The big musical montage, basically ending the film with uh, like a lot of um, cool like dance scenes. Like all of a sudden, everyone shows how much they've known to dance for a while because now they're just like kicking ass. But, you know, it's like a musical well, movie, you know, like that, that all of a sudden. It's like, yeah, well, yeah, that's that's where the theater of, oh. of it, you know, almost like so I, I can see how I mean, and it has been on Broadway. That's where that Broadway kind of comes in like everyone is is choreographed just right they're dancing just right and they they know how to partner yeah. up it's like okay it's for the, it's for the theater, yeah it was right? it was de- it definitely mm-hmm. the extreme yeah it was it was the extreme it was that it, they wanted that extreme they went from that very awkward to wow this is danny freaking terrio now right, you know, right, this, is, right. this is unbelievable well but it, it still is a great ending it's a lot of fun yeah it was a good movie yeah uh so i mean i guess you probably know what we're going to say, but do we go into final judgment? It's time now for final judgment. Are you ready to rubber stamp this bitch? Here's the final judgment. I'll just say this. We both think it's great. 
I think it holds up one for a couple of reasons. The fact that they came out with a sequel. So like people, they think it was sellable to other people. I, I also think people today, if they were to see it, I think you could understand there's a lot of stuff that they could relate to. Even, even if shit's dated as far as technology and whatnot, it, you're going to pick up that it's 1984. But you know, there's a lot of stuff that, I mean, wouldn't we react kind of like whoa it's illegal to dance like that would be a shocking thing i mean yes i know everything is cancel culture but it still would shock people and it's it's an interesting story i think if you just put a you just take away dancing and say it was tiktok and maybe you know something like that where it's like whoa there's no tiktok allowed in and in, in this town in massachusetts or connecticut or something. that's i mean that's what pretty much the same thing it's just yeah you're just changing what it is and you just say hey we've we've banned something that you like and that's what it comes down to so i think it's very relevant to today so basically we love the movie i think it it, it would hold up yeah. well today don't you Absolutely. I, I think it definitely it just it just it's whatever it is back then was that was the issue. It was dancing then. If it was a social media site now and, and teenagers couldn't use it in a certain town, I think it'd be it would have the same effect. Yeah. I, I really do. I, it's it's and that's why it stands to test of time, in my opinion. All right. So that's that. And let's uh, what, what do you say we get to the uh, the game that you prepared? Uh, you can set your time. You're nervous, aren't you? Nah. You're nervous. Um, no. So, so with a, I would be. How are you going to do? You're going to figure. How are you going to figure it out? You're going to like mark with a pen each one I get wrong because like <laughs> chances are. I'll yeah. Get, the one, yeah. The ones I'll get right, I'll probably be more. Yeah. So so what so what I'll do is if if you get it wrong, I'll mark the number down so I know which one it is that you didn't get. And if you just don't know because it's a timed event, say pass. Right. And we'll move on cool. if you want to do that. Sounds good. All right. Yeah. Um, because it, it comes out to a little over two seconds, but obviously I read it. So that's probably a second. You've got about a second and a half or so to, to give an answer back. All right. All right. So what we're looking at is the uh, billboard top 100 for the year 1984. And you let me know when you're ready. Are you ready? Yep. Okay. Here we go. When doves cry. Prince. What's love got to do with it? Tina Turner. Say, say, say. Michael Jackson and Paul McCartney. Footloose. Kenny Loggins. Against All Odds. Phil Collins. Jump. Van Halen. Hello. Lionel Richie. Owner of a Lonely Heart. Yes. Ghostbusters. Ray Parker Jr. Karma Chameleon. Culture Club. Missing You. John Waite. All Night Long. Lionel Richie. Let's Hear It for the Boy. Denise Williams. Dancing in the Dark. Bruce Springsteen. Girls Just Want to Have Fun. Cindy Lauper. The Reflex. Duran Duran. Time After Time. Cindy Lauper. Jump for My Love. Uh, Point of Sisters. Talking in Your Sleep. The Romantics. Self-control. Laura Branigan. Let's go crazy. Prince. Say it ain't so. Uh, pass. Rob, Hall of Notes. You got it. Hold me now. Thompson Twins. Joanna. Cool in the gang. I just called to say I love you. Stevie Wonder. Somebody's watching me. Rockwell. Break my stride. Matthew Wilder. 99 Luff Balloons. Nina. 
I can dream about you. Dan Hartman. The Glorious Life. No idea. Oh, Sherry. Steve Perry. Stuck on you. Um, ah, I'm, I hear it. It's gone. Uh, uh, it's Rick, okay. I guess why they called. Yeah, you got you got it. I guess why that's why they called the blues. Elton John. Shebop. Cindy Lauper. Borderline. Madonna. Sunglasses at night. Corey Hart. Eyes without a face. Uh, Billy Idol. Here comes the rain again. Eurythmics. Uptown Girl. Uh, Billy Joel. Sister Christian. Night Ranger. Drive. Cars. The Cars. Twist of Fate. No idea. Union of the Snake. Duran Duran. Uh, Heart of Rock and Roll. Huey Lewis. Hard Habit to Break. Uh, Chicago. The Warrior. Scandal. If you're ever in my arms again. People Bryson. Automatic. Uh, Porn Sisters. Let the music play. Shannon. To all the girls I loved before. Uh, pass. Uh, C- Caribbean Queen. Um, Billy Ocean. And is it uh, Enrique? That, is it? It's uh, fine. It, all right. I was going to say Julio yeah, Iglesias uh, and uh, Willie Nelson. You, you, you got it. Uh, <laughs> that's all. Uh, Genesis. No. Yeah, Running with the Night. Uh, Lionel Richie. Sad songs. Say so much. Uh, Elton John. I want a new drug. Huey Lewis. Islands in the Stream. Kenny Rogers and Dolly Parton. Love is a Battlefield. Pat Benatar. Infatuation. Rod Stewart. Almost Paradise. Uh, Mike Reno and Ann Wilson. We'll get to, yeah, Legs. Uh, ZZ Top. State of Shock. Ah. Wow. Do I I get to answer that last one? Yeah, yeah, we'll give you that one. It's it's Michael Jackson with, with Mick Jagger. And the Jacksons. Yeah. Things, they yeah, say the Jacksons. Like that, yeah. So that was 61. Wow. I mean, that's so, 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 I mean, not bad. You had 40 more to go. Uh, it's tough. I told you it was going to be really well, quick. Uh, and, uh, and maybe the, del- yeah, the hard, the, um, it's hard with the, the, the timing, but I still, I, I still got tough. them fast. And, and I went and corrected myself, but, I think, didn't I? Uh, uh, yeah. Julio amazing. Uh, no, amazingly, uh, I'm like, Oh man, I, I probably should have done a few more minutes. But I That's mean, a hundred songs is a lot. But sixty, you you got so that was sixty-one. You got two wrong, which is I mean, that's that's just phenomenal. It blows my mind that you can even do that. So the the glamorous life you got wrong. Oh, you didn't that say, was Sheila. Oh, you e. didn't say glamorous. You had said another word. I thought I said glamorous. You know, something similar. But if you had said glamorous, uh, I would have uh, I would, I would, I gotten maybe. Sheila. E. Yeah, I would have gotten that. But uh, you oh, didn't. sorry. So, that's okay. And then you. Well, you and then you corrected the to all the girls. So you actually, you got that one. So so one. So you got you actually just missed that one, which you would have had. So you would have had sixty one songs correct, and and four minutes. And wow. Uh, wow, that's that's pretty damn good. And I I thought that'd be fun, you know, a little yeah, different sure, than sure. what you used to. But plus plus, you know, it's nineteen eighty four. It goes to show all the great songs mm. that came out 
the same year that Footloose came out. And it, it what a, I mean, the list is, uh, I mean, I'll go down to just a few more for you. Just so, um, I mean, this, uh, miss me blind. If this is it, you might think lucky star cover me. Come on, feel the noise, break dance, uh, adult education. They don't know innocent man, cruel summer dance hall days. Give it up. I'm so excited. I still can't get over loving you thriller holiday breaking. There's no stopping us now. I know you know, you love that song. I do. Uh, nobody told me, uh, Church of the Poison Mind, Think of Laura, Time Will Reveal, Wrapped Around Your Finger, Pink Houses, Round and Round, uh, Head Over Heels, The Longest Time Tonight, uh, Got a Hold On Me, Dancing in the Sheets, hmm. uh, Undercover of the Night, On the Dark Side, The New Moon on Monday, Major Tom, Magic, When You Close Your Eyes, Rock Me Tonight, and Yamo Be There, Top 100 for 1984. Yeah. So pretty pretty. Damn good, damn good year for music. All right, man. If you like the '80s, well, that was fun, man. I, yeah. I just wish I had a it little longer a time on that. <laughs> on the on the, no, song, no, no, the no. song thing, I I just couldn't do that in four in four minutes. That's too long. Um, no, short, no, I, I probably should have given more time. Yeah, I should have given more, more time. But that, but it's amazing that you're that damn good. And and uh, and I am very jealous because I couldn't have done it. I mean, you don't even have time to think. You're like, I mean, really, it's like I'm just giving you a title, and you're you're. I mean, that's. That's pretty fast. And I mean, really amazingly, amazingly fast. Thank so, you, uh, my God, I mean, really, it proves how good Jay the man is at, at music. And, and I will never, ever, ever be even close to that. <laughs> and but it was it was, a, you know, it's just it, it's it's fun. It is fun to hear you do it and go, wow, it really <laughs> it's too bad. I couldn't give you like, you know, millions of dollars, like a game show, like, oh, you got it with the, with the stuff just comes from the ceiling. Yeah. Like, yeah, right, right. Uh, you know, uh, but, uh, you know, I would love to say he got the car, yeah. you know, but it's not going to happen. You right. know, uh, no, thank, thanks for having me on the show, man. Yeah. And uh, and I'm so glad to be able to do the voices and, uh, and you know, the, all the all the vocal stuff for the show. And, and I, I miss Chris. Chris is a, a great, great person on the show as well. You have a great show. It's a lot of fun to listen to. And uh, and I, I'm just uh, really thankful that you had me on today. Right. Thank you so much, man. And uh, I will uh, we will absolutely do it again when Chris will be here too. So, Yeah, yeah, it'll be fun. So next week, Chris and I will be joined by Chris Witten. He was a former radio host of Cat Country 98.1 in Providence, Rhode Island. And we're going to be doing the movie That Thing You Do. What, um, what year was that? Uh, in the 90s, I think. 95 90s. something like that uh, maybe a little later all right man thanks again and uh we'll talk to you later Ooh, cricket, about moon.